CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey everyone, how's it going? We're live. Today is like the equivalent of riding a bike with no handlebars. Our host, Ben Jarofsky, is doing a podcast with no headphones. What the hell? (laughs) That's because the headphones don't work, folks. Everybody in the world has a laptop. I get a laptop. It doesn't work. It's like everybody loves their laptops. Ben, I can't believe you don't have a laptop. I love my laptop. Everyone knows that people love their laptops. I get a laptop. It doesn't work. Well, it does, but for some reason it works sometimes and sometimes not. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Who knows? Hold on. I got to shut this door. Well, hey, he's got to shut the door. Ben is still in Los Angeles, California. That's why we're joining you an hour later in the central time. Um, Boy, I thought that door was a lot further than what it was. <laughs> the door's like <laughs> right, right by there. you. Oh. Hey, this is a very small apartment, okay? <laughs> it's not like a lot of room to go shut the door. Well, how's, the the L- the door. How's, the, how's the California life going? Uh, you know, man, I'm really cool. You know, I'm doing the show with uh, sunglasses because I live in Hollywood now. I'm Hollywood. I've gone Hollywood on you, D. Well, and the joke is that, you know, our host, Ben Jarofsky of the Chicago Reader, not the youngest man, very old. You're now a grandpa. Oh, my God. Somehow you got older. I know, but I'm wiser. As a grandfather, I'm filled with wisdom about the world. I feel compelled to share my wisdom. You know, when I was your age, I find myself saying that a lot. You know, Sonny, when I was your age, we did things a little differently. Okay. Now I'm a grandfather and... Really, uh, the what I've learned, D, the best part about being a grandfather, or, the, or should, I should say the smartest thing about being a grandfather, is just kind of stay out of everybody's way. Oh. Everybody's really busy. You know what I'm saying? Just you okay. don't need to be in the so, middle. It of sounds day. like the, uh, do no, the do nothing approach uh, for Ben Jarofsky. Oh, get me far in life. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do stuff with my uh, laptop. See if this works. Well, what are we doing? Oh, he hung up on me. <laughs> he literally just hung up on me. Oh, brother. Yeah, he's got a laptop now. Oh, there we go. He hung, Yeah, don't do whatever you just did. <laughs> Folks, I did a little experiment with... Good Lord. Little... <laughs> I never thought I'd say this. I missed the attic. <laughs> I missed the attic, too. But it's one, one, one more week, ladies and gentlemen. We had a nice little system there in that attic. Uh, All right, your Ben Jarofsky show, oh, what a week, Foxfoot, and undecided for the win, is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. The Chicago, is your camera frozen? Oh, no, you're just making a face for (laughs) (laughs) SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana are sponsors. The Chicago Federation of Labor are sponsors. The Chicago Teachers Union are sponsors. It's true. What up, Stacey Davis-Gates? And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show brought to you by... The Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, what Ben Jarofsky shows to listen to. That's on there. Our shows are posted there. And so much more, including our latest column from our very own 
Ben Jarofsky. We're going to get in that column in moments, but let's get the show going. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. Actually, we're starting over. Ben, you have a song of the week. We're just going to stop the song. You're just going to do song of the week from Frank. How about that? Okay. Maybe. That's a first. Your song of the week, Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive. I will survive. I will survive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Just like that button you hit. I remember that part. I love when she goes, walk out that door. Just like that button you hit. I should have just not have done that. It is Friday, October 8th, and live from my apartment and his beautiful Airbnb in Los Angeles, California. This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. He's gone Hollywood. Oh my God, is that Leonardo DiCaprio in your house, Ben? (laughs) And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Leo. I'm doing my show, okay? I know you're going to hang out at the pool. Just wait for my show. Leo, go over there, okay? And and take Matt Damon with you, all right? And Ben, a- ben hold on, D. Oh. Ben Affleck, would you stay out of my refrigerator? He's partying, hungry. partying with the stars. <laughs> so, J-Lo, how many times have I told you not to get your lipstick on my laptop? All right? Yeah, right. Like you'd be in a room with more than five people with this pandemic. <laughs> But this is like the people in the room, Leo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and J-Lo. We're having a great time here, D. Wish you were with us. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarosky here. We're calling this Mitch the Glitch Friday, and here's why. Man, I just was reading this article in the Washington Post, D. You always just laughing out loud. All the Republicans are mad at Mitch McConnell, Senator Mitch McConnell, because he agreed to raise the debt ceiling for just three months. And the, they're like, you, know, you, could, you gotta play hardball. Yeah, Biden on the ropes. You could destroy the economy and then make him more susceptible to a Trump comeback win. We are in crazy times, ladies and gentlemen, when the Republican strategists and advisors are starting to sound like me. You know how I always talk about how the Democrats are wimps, don't understand to play the game of politics, and they're always letting the Republicans bamboozle them. And now I'm reading these quotes from all these Republican strategists who are saying, <laughs> Steve Bannon. By the way, Steve Bannon has a podcast, D. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. He has his own podcast. I thought he was, like, wasn't he just indicted? And then I guess Trump commuted his sense. I don't know. All I know is he's got a podcast, D. I don't know. But he has more hits than we do. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Don't just assume that. Yeah, Bannon. That's right. Anyway, on his podcast, he's outraged that uh, Mitch McConnell let Biden off the hook. You know, things are insane when Republicans are criticizing Mitch McConnell for not being nasty enough to Democrats. I'm just going to tell you that right now, folks. When Steve Bannon is starting to talk like me, and David Ferris having one of our conversations about how Democrats got to get tough and be more like Republicans. And now the Republicans are saying, yeah, you got to read that David Ferris book. <laughs> World is insane, my friends. But I'll not go any further on that because we're going to do 
the local deep dive with Oh What a Week, the most popular show every week on the Ben Jarowski Show. I'm happy to say and proud to say, without further ado, I'll turn things over to my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of all Illinois, the man that Steve Bannon calls White Lightning. Take it away, D. <laughs> I called in on the show. He did call me that. <laughs> what do you Take think? I know you've listened to it. What do you think of the Steve Bannon podcast? Pretty good? Uh I have a confession to make. I've not yet listened to it. Oh, but, not uh, yet. Not yet. Uh, it's on things to do for the weekend. Okay. I'm going to check out Steve Bannon. <laughs> oh, his guest. Who's Steve Bannon's guest? What right wing uh, insane? Oh, John Canizaran, Johnny Cass. Will <laughs> yeah, be on yeah, Steve yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, you're kind of cool, man. I like you. I don't know what Steve Bannon sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, Steve Bannon. You know, Kent and Zara, you're a cool guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, Johnny Cass will be talking about like barbecuing or whatever, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> why even barbecue? Let's eat the meat raw. Oh, I oh like disgusting. You, disgusting. Okay, how's it going? Let's talk about what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. We begin in Illinois and we begin with our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker. The enemy is you. Now, nothing too crazy to report from the governor's office this week. It does look like our Pritzker opponents made the headlines, though. But before we do that, Ben, anything on your mind about the governor these days? Anything you'd like to share before we go any further? I have a feeling that what I want to share about the governor will come up further uh, in in this particular episode. So I'm going to take a pass. Well, nothing politically, nothing politically, just in general, you know. Well, you know, what's funny. Uh, I had a J.B. Pritzker thought the other day as I was walking down the street uh, in California. Did I mention to you? I'm in California. And I was walking down the street in California because, D, that's where I am at the moment. California. Yeah, you got movie stars partying at your house. Hold on one second. Matt, I, how many times have I told you not to put your feet on the sofa? Matt Damon, D, I tell you what, he's a terrible house. <laughs> no kidding. Sounds like a jerk. Uh, anyway, uh, Matt, but, uh, yeah, Matt, Ben and I were hanging out last night, um, watching basketball. Good, good stuff. Uh, but I was, I don't know why I started, I, it came to me. This is really a, I guess I've been doing the podcast for so long that like weird things happened to me, but I was walking down the street and I started thinking about that bit that you play where JB Pritzker talks about the Eagles and Steve no. Miller band. Yeah. Yeah. I was walking, just I was started laughing. It was like <laughs> that is so funny. JB Pritzker likes the Eagles and Steve Miller, and every now and then D plays that thing, and it always makes. <laughs> anyway, that you ask, I told you that was on my mind. I thought about that. Anyway, what's well, very I interesting? Did. Yeah, best concert. Yeah, Steve Miller Band and the Eagles. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that commercial. <laughs> was so contrived uh that was back in i think it was during the primary season i think when um jb before he got the nomination maybe i'm wrong but i might that's my memory memory is a funny thing dennis uh that's my memory so he wanted to humanize himself uh danny biss was ripping him as a billionaire and uh so he wanted to humanize himself I don't know. And uh, so he had, remember that was the one where his aide was just asking him questions from the moment he woke up in the morning. D. Isn't that the one where he's like walking down? It's just some random person. Yeah, coming up he's, to got, him. he's got a cool little like vest coat on. It's where this one came from. Springtime. Love it. Woo. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite season? <laughs> and so wherever he goes, there's this person just 
asking him questions. Favorite concert? Steve Miller, Eagles. And I'm like, whoa, even I'm cooler than that. <laughs> Not a big fan of the Eagles team. Just throwing that out there. All right. All right. Uh, hey, if you could, uh, just turn that volume down just a little bit more on your computer, if you can. Oh, guys, you know, since I've gone to California, I have to run the board, too. If you notice, I had to run the God dang. <laughs> All right. You get that? Yeah. All right. Cool, I should be cool. unionized. Is that the union? Oh, job my. Right there? You're, oh, you're in a union. Okay. Nothing too crazy to report uh, from the governor's office this week. Like I said, it does look like our Pritzker opponents have made the headlines. First up, he's quite possibly the richest man in Illinois. And I can guarantee he will never give any of that money to this podcast. <laughs> If you're new to the show, you'll find out why in a few minutes. He's Kenny G, Ken Griffin. He put the governor on blast regarding crime in Illinois, but mainly Chicago. Speaking to the Economic Club of Chicago, Griffin said it's, quote, a disgrace that our Illinois governor, one J.B. Pritzker, will not insert himself into the challenge of addressing crime in our city. He then accused Pritzker of not deploying the National Guard during unrest last year over concerns about political optics. Griffin recounted during his Economic Club appearance Monday that he was on a call with Pritzker last year during the unrest in Chicago. Uh, here's the quote from one Griffin. He says, I told him to deploy the National Guard. And he goes, it won't look good uh, for there to be men and women on Michigan Avenue with assault weapons, Griffin said. If that saves the life of, uh, life of a child, I don't care. And he doesn't care. The life of a child being saved by a National Guardsman last year during uh, all the unrest uh, over uh, in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. Ken Griffin, this is just clearly a political move. Ken Griffin, and it's very important, folks, that you never forget that Ken Griffin is the bankroller of the Republican Party in the state of Illinois. And Ken Griffin was the bankroller of the anti-fair tax movement. And he was, he gave millions to his pal, Bruce Rauner. So these are strategic moves by Ken Griffin to preserve his fortune from taxation. That's what motivates Ken Griffin. If you believe Chicago, if you think for one minute that Ken Griffin, known as Kenny G on this show, not to be confused with the great musician, but a different Kenny G, if you believe that Ken Griffin cares about the lives of children, poor children in the city of Chicago, you are sadly deluded. You are sadly deluded, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe you believe that. I think that listeners of the Ben Jarofsky show are smart and sophisticated D and they understand this is political chess. It is, this is what this is. You move this piece here, you move that piece there. <laughs> nothing means anything. Yeah. Ken Griffin is about protecting Ken Griffin's fortune from taxation. And if he has to play the law and order card to get J.B. Pritzker out of office and replaced by a certain Darren D.B. Bailey, <laughs> <laughs> which is what ultimately the strategy is all about, ladies and gentlemen, then law and order card, he will play. Listen, Chicagoans, I urge you. I got in trouble with Robert Peters, State Senator Robert Peters, earlier this show, earlier this week. Even he was on the show and he said, Don't call the voters dumb. Remember he told me that, D? Remember that? Don't call them stupid, whatever I called them. So I've learned my lesson from State Senator Robert Peters. I will have discipline. Okay, then? Now I have this. I called you Den. 
Yeah, I kind of liked it. I, I, I like, I went with D and then Dennis and then it came out Den. Yeah, kind of like Den. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Den? I've never called you Den before. We're, hey, you want to be a Den head? Um, <laughs> where that came from. So, folks, I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm not going to call the voters stupid. I'm not going to say the voters are dumb. I'm just going to say, show how smart you are by not falling for this. This is about paying less in taxes, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about public safety. You think Kenny G cares about your public safety? For real? You think he's worried about murders on the south and west sides or anywhere in the city of Chicago? Uh Uh-uh. It's all about paying less in taxes. You ask me what I thought, D? That's what I thought. Well, Ben, you know, I got to say, I really wish you'd start listening to me when we have these post-show meetings. Like, don't be that guy. Shame the voters. You're a podcast host. We need content. He's a senator, dude. He has to be nice to everybody. You know what I mean? You can't put yourself on the same... Voters, you're so freaking stupid. That's what we like. That's what we like here on the Pinterest. Heck of a job with that 2015 mayoral race. There oh, we heck go. of a job with that 2019 mayoral race. Oh, wait a minute. I voted for it. Can we edit that last part out? <laughs> now, for Lori Lightfoot, ladies and gentlemen. I'll just move on, and hopefully no one heard that. Now, our governor was having none of it this week. He responded to Kenny G. Uh-oh, a verbal battle between two really, really, really rich guys. Who's going to win? My money's on the rich guy. Pritzker said, quote, I am very focused on the safety and security of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. I've increased significantly the resources trying to build back from what Bruce Rauner did with the support of Ken Griffin to our state by increasing dollars to violence interruption, violence prevention programs by investing in our communities. We are nearly at a state of emergency in our need to address crime. Uh, He goes on here, but the governor said he's frequently in contact with prosecutors around the state, particularly Cook County State's attorney Kim Fox and judicial leaders about ways to curb violence. More on Kim Fox coming up. As for Griffin's assertion that Pritzker rebuffed requests to deploy the guard last year, the governor said, quote, I'm not sure why he made the false remarks that he made. A Pritzker spokeswoman on Monday called Griffin a liar in an emailed statement. Asked for his own solutions to the problems facing Illinois and Chicago, Griffin fell back on familiar talking points that are likely to be key components of Republican campaigns next year, cutting public employee pension benefits, supporting law enforcement officers, and fixing schools. That it, I, there you go, folks. And by the way, with, what a contradiction that is. Cutting public employees' uh, pensions and supporting law enforcement officers. Last I looked, Kenny G, law enforcement officers were public employees. They're not bankers. They're not insurance agents. Okay? They're not members of corporate America. They're public employees. They have a pension. And their pension is supported by tax dollars. Those tax dollars are the ones that you want to eliminate because you can't stand paying into pensions. But it's somehow or other, even though it's inconsistent, this is the mantra of Republicans in the state of Illinois. I find it baffling that it works, D. Uh Uh-oh, here I go. Going back to voters are not that bright. (laughs) Oh, no. Don't go there. I just see millions of downloads coming in. (laughs) (laughs) But I go back to the northwest and southwest side. So many police officers and firefighters, mainly talking to police officers now, live in the northwest and southwest side. And that was the highest percentage, I think, uh, of anti-fair tax votes. 
I never could understand this. Why the very people who rely the most on uh, public contributions for their livelihood would vote against making rich people pay more to contribute to their paychecks. They voted against their own economic self-interest. I, I D, I just, I don't get, do you think residents of the Northwest and Southwest side, do you think in a million years, Kenny G would ever vote against his economic interests? Do you think so? I don't think so. You know that, but you did. You voted against your own economic interests. Why? Because Republicans, they're sympathetic to cops who hit Black Lives Matter protesters over the head. That's why? That's all it took for you to vote against your interests? I don't get it, D. I don't understand Chicago voters. I've never understood them. I've lived here since 1981. But this is a special variety of Chicago voter I don't get. The Northwest and the Southwest side voter, I'm going to vote against the fair tax because Phyllis, Phyllis, you remember the Phyllis commercials, ladies and gentlemen? They were bankrolled by Kenny G. And Phyllis was the one who came, oh, D, I know you have it right there, ready to go. I could see it in your eyes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Phyllis, Phyllis was the retiree from some suburb. I forget which one. Who said that downstate? No, did she go Springfield politicians? They're still hearing in my head. They're gonna take away your, they're gonna tax your retirement benefits as though the fair tax initiative was somehow or other about taxing retirement benefits when it was really about depleting retirement benefits by cutting off taxes on the richest people or limiting taxes, taxation on the richest people. So many voters fell for it. Oh my God. God, Kenny G was like, he was probably, I had that moment D, where I went on that riff where Rahm Emanuel first became mayor of the city of Chicago and he presided over that first budget and the alderman voted 50 to nothing for his budget with closed mental health clinics in the city of Chicago. One of the low points, I would say, in Chicago, Chicago civilization, political civilization of the last 20 years, definitely of the century. 50 to nothing the vote was. And, um, mainly because the aldermen were so worried about how the mayor was going to redistrict them, their districts or wards in the coming um, weeks. That's what the issue was. And they all got up and praised him. And Ron must have watched them praising him and going, thinking to himself, God, this is easy. God, they're idiots. God, am I cool. I'm Rob. I think uh, uh, Kenny G must have the same attitude when he sees those votes come in from the Northwest and Southwest say, God, they're fools. God, I control them. I own them. They dangle for my strings. All I have to do is just invoke this like image of their taxes being raised and they'll vote against, I, they'll, they'll vote against something that's in their own interest. And so now what is he doing? Law and order. Oh yeah. They're like, yeah, law and order. I'm going to go with Kenny G. Hey, uh, on the live stream chat here, uh, Ben, bad news. Try not to be distracted here. Instagram is down again. So, I mean. Oh, my God. Well, D.L. Hewley? <laughs> I, what am I going to do? <laughs> Instagram is down, but not Facebook? Uh, I don't know. Doogie, what's the status on Facebook? Is that down as well? I know your week she was just it. awful because of this. Um, you know, high-tech guru that I am. You're probably not aware of this because you're not the high-tech guy that I am. 
uh, you're probably not aware that uh, Facebook owns Instagram. Oh, my. Uh, Mike, Michael Girardi, our good friend Michael Girardi, weighed in on the live stream chat. He says, yeah, because most people believe that Ken Griffin deserves all his money. Convincing the majority of people that he doesn't deserve all his money should be political project number one in this country. But it's yes. not. But what? I but it's not. But it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Girardi, I think a song about Kenny G would be appropriate at this point in time. That like people listen to him, D, and they and they the respect. I know it's mainly the Tribune and Cranes, the business community. Oh, what does Kenneth have to say? Because our country worships wealth. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I hang out with really rich Hollywood celebrities when I'm in California. Well, hold on a second, Ben Affleck. I told you how many times have I told you to use the coaster? Okay, remember because uh, he's got uh, Hollywood superstars in his L.A. Yeah, you, know, you know what I hate is when a Hollywood superstar thinks he can put his glass just on the table. It's the worst. You know what I'm saying? It's the worst. Just grill your grind? Or is it grind your grill? Or grill your coffee? It's none of that. It's grind my gears. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Grill my <laughs> grind. Grind your gears? <laughs> Michael Girardi also says, I also have no idea what time this show starts anymore. All right, well, we're back to the regular schedule soon, all right? Ben's in California. He's two hours behind. He just had a my, grandbaby. My, my, Give us a break. My God. I share your, I share your simple. I, I'm the same way. I share your confusion. I never know either. But can I just say this, D? Can I let the cat out of the back? Can I go uh, yeah. smash the fourth wall? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got up really early today and i've already done two interviews yeah so i've lost complete track of time my first interview was at 12 o'clock chicago time 10 o'clock mine then it will interview at one o'clock chicago time 11 o'clock mine so yeah i'm all over the map but i'll be back home in a week and we'll go right back to the one o'clock routine right d that's right yes two o'clock this week one o'clock next week ben will be back in illinois all right now to those who not only disagree with jb pritzker but who are also looking to take his job Kick him out of office and become the next governor of Illinois. How dare they? It's time for a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. All right. And at the moment, there are four. Well, five if you count radio host Man Cow. But literally, no one is counting him. Ben, may have been another classic Man Cow radio bit. So at the moment, we have four Republican gubernatorial hopefuls. But we could see more jumping in the race after the following survey released by, of course, Ogden and Fry. My God. Ogden and Fry. Just getting all the surveys, I guess. Because while this survey gives us an indication as to which of these four Republican gubernatorial hopefuls has an early lead in the race, it also shows us that most people, without a doubt, have no idea who the hell these people are. A five-question Republican-focused poll-slash-survey was conducted among 404 respondents selected by random sampling of likely Republican primary voters. The question, (laughs) if Illinois Republican gubernatorial primary were held today, which candidate would you vote for? The parking lot prodigy, Gary Rabine or Rabin. Jury's still out, Eric Zorn. Sully Jesse Sullivan. Downstate hog farmer Darren Bailey, who's going to feed them hogs? Or, Paul, why does everyone forget that I'm running Shimp? Spoiler, the leader thus far is not Shimp. 
Who are Republican voters in Illinois backing? Well, it's interesting, and Ben, it's a little confusing. With a convincing second-place victory in the Ogden and Fry poll, 33% of respondents have one question. Who is going to feed them hog? He's destroyed business. He's trying to destroy church. He's trying to destroy our law enforcement, destroying the, the, the lives of our children with shutting down their schools. I mean, there's nothing right about this. I'm actually elated that the man's running again because he needs to pay for what he's been uh, put Illinois through. So it looks like quite a battle royale next uh, summer. All right, Flannery, that's enough. Okay, so we have 33% for one, Darren Bailey. 6% said entrepreneur Jesse Sullivan. 5% for businessman Gary Rabine Rabine. And 3% for former state senator Paul Schimpf. So yes, Darren Bailey beat out all the other candidates with 30%. Meaning, once again, technically, it's another victory for undecided. Damn you, undecided. Nearly 50% of those polled either don't know who to vote for or have no clue who the hell these people are. The poll also backs up familiar conservative GOP themes. Respondents support masks being optional in schools, 88%, to combat COVID-19, compared to 12% who back mandates. And the poll shows Republican respondents still view former President Donald Trump favorably, 86.6% to 13.1%. Wow. 86%. They love Donnie. MAGA controls the state of Illinois, ladies and gentlemen, and Donnie controls MAGA. And uh, I, I'm not surprised by this poll, D. We said all along. By the way, 50% don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> There's a big surprise. <laughs> Illinois voters. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to make fun of them. Good God. Illinois voters. Oh, I'm just so confused. So uh, I don't know. I can't keep up. Uh, I will just say this, uh, obviously, clearly, uh, not enough people of the Republican persuasion are listening to the Ben Jarofsky show, D, because we do weekly updates, I would like to say, on the Republican. But we're the ones covering the Republican primary. For some yeah. reason. Yes, we Flannery, do cover this. I hate to say it, Flannery, but we've kind of been whooping you guys on coverage. Of it. You know, we're just one little outlet. We like I'm working off a laptop that doesn't work. I don't my headphones don't even work. I'm in a apartment. Hold on one second. Uh-oh. Affleck, put that popcorn away. You've had enough. Ben Affleck loves popcorn. I have heard that. Loves popcorn, Dean. He puts all the butter and then he gets the butter grease everywhere. Anyway, so, you know, one little outlet, two goofballs talking into their microphones. We're killing you, Flannery. I'm just saying. And B-E-Z, you're not much better. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, they're actually, know, like, really popular, but okay. Sure. B-E-Z, like, Oh, it's interesting. The Republicans are having a primary, too. <laughs> so we're not even going to be talking about the Sun-Times and the, you know, the Tribune. Just saying. Two little goofballs in a room. Well, you, think, you think Flannery's got like a little earbud in his ear and he, while he's writing his show? Like, huh, these guys get gold. <laughs> you know what he does? Every Friday, he checks in with our show to see how do you pronounce Ray Bynes' name. As it goes, he has to say it on the air. So he's like, how does the doctor do it? I'm going to do it the way he does. And then he always like he checks in. He wants to know, is it Paul Schempf or Curly or Larry or Mo? That's what he wants to know. 
Uh, Michael Girardi, I'll catch you up here a bit. Uh, he has no idea what's going on with this Ben Affleck bit. He's listening live, and I guess he tuned in a little late. Ben's in L.A., and uh, apparently, air quotes, he's got uh, just Hollywood superstars hanging out in his Airbnb. Yes. My little room is filled. There's a party going on here while I do this podcast. I mean, I say a bunch of superstars, but I only hear about Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, really. Oh, no, J-Lo's here, too. Oh, J-Lo's there, too. And there are somebody else. I can't remember that I said was here. I can't remember who I also said. Somebody else. Oh, Leo DiCaprio. Hey, Leo. What's that like, Leo? Leo's mixing up a milkshake right now. Oh, and apparently Michael Girardi, Matt Damon, huge jerk. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, he's just kind of, I don't know. Got his feet on the couch and stuff. Anyway, all right. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. All right, about all of this. Uh, there's clearly not a favorite, or people just may be completely clueless. But I look at this as an opportunity for someone who may be thinking about running to go, holy crap, uh, 50% undecided. Maybe I should jump in here. So are there any uh, Illinois Republicans you think looking at this poll, thinking about running? Any uh, Republicans in particular? Or are we going to no, see I- some people in the race coming soon? Here, okay. So the only one that could fit that category is somebody of a moderate. So like Adam Kinsey. And when I say moderate, I have in quotes. Moderate, I mean anti-Trump. Because here's the reality. As you said, 88% of the Republicans in the state of Illinois have a fond opinion of Donald Trump. That means, hold on, let me do the math, complicated math here. 12% don't. So if you're Adam Kinsinger, you're that's your group. You already have 12% of the vote. I mean, I'm just doing this roughly. You get what I'm saying, D? And then you're hoping that all MAGA divides its vote among the other candidates and that you get people who right now, even though they have a favorable view of Donald Trump, are like that sophisticated voter uh, who thinks they're sophisticated anyway and goes, well, my best chance of winning is to have some a Republican running who is not who is critical of Donald Trump. So those are the, I would guess that would be the only Republican who looks at this poll and go, oh, there's an avenue for me. Otherwise, it's just whoever Trump supports is going to win. And, uh, you know, so for, I say this, I've said this all the time, Blago would win, uh, Rod Blagojevich, but I obviously he cannot run because as I learned from, I forget which listener taught me, it was either Frank or Pat, I can't remember which one. Uh, or maybe it was both. Uh, he he cannot run again because of impeachment. So the terms of the impeachment. So uh, I no D. I this is still a MAGA state in terms of the Republican primary, and uh, it's MAGA will control it. And from the get go, Darren Bailey has been the maggiest of all the MAGA, and uh, he's been the most extreme against masks, the most extreme against vaccinations, the most extreme against. Uh, Governor Pritzker, if you recall, he was the fellow who walked into the House of Representatives meeting last year at the height of the pandemic and not wearing a mask and got kicked out by Michael Joseph Madigan. Remember when he was speaker? And uh, so that sort of certified him as the leader of MAGA. And that's why I said from the get go, he's going to be the Republican nominee. Well, actually, I got to give Dennis credit. You were the first one who said, got to give you credit, D. Oh, thanks. You, you, you were right about two things. I give you credit for these things all the time. One, Johnny Canizare is going to go to Florida and be huge. That's the head of the uh, Chicago Fraternal Order of Police. going to be huge in Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and the other yeah. thing you said, well, immediately, as soon as uh, DB, uh, Darren Bailey, started uh, attacking Pritzker, oh, this guy's running for governor. And you were absolutely correct. So I work from the assumption that there's really nobody in the wings uh, who could do 
significantly better because in this uh, primary, because it's all about winning Trump's support. Now, if Trump were to suddenly come to the state of Illinois and say, I support. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there's going to be like a performance, like uh, like uh, there's like a golden MAGA hat waiting to uh, be placed upon somebody. And Donald Trump comes into town and christens them with the uh, MAGA hat. Yeah. I, uh, that, that could be, that's a possibility. I can't see anybody who's not in the race already that would get that MAGA hat. I, you know, I, uh, I don't know, maybe Trump will go figure out one of these congressmen, you know, would be, um, the best candidate you could. And, you know, they put, uh, the, the, the democratic map is probably going to put all their congressmen, uh, in the same district, uh, Republican congressmen in the same district. So there'll be, uh, there could be no more candidates. D. That's what I'm saying. But I, I don't know to me, DB's the front runner. Now your boy, uh, Sully, uh, Jesse Sullivan, uh, yeah, well, is, you know, I, I guess the cat's out of the bag. Yes. My boy uh, at 6% of the vote. He's, how did he get? I gotta give him credit. I, you know what? It's the impact of our show because we've been talking a lot about him, and uh, I guess it's caught on. That's probably what's done it. He's already at six percent. Uh, he's got the money to air commercials. I'm glad it's making make, him more popular. What's that? I'm glad it's making him more popular, Jesse yeah. Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, not, and not us. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. That's kind of pathetic, actually, when I think about six percent of the vote. Yeah, I think if I announced I was running, I'd be around six percent of the vote. But what about D? Can you imagine if I just tomorrow just said, "That's it, I'm going MAGA." You know, can't beat them, join them. Well, there, and we'll get millions of downloads finally. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, I will be loved by MAGA. Oh man, people <laughs> will love to love listen and hate listen. It'll be great. Not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know. Too much drugs at these Hollywood parties I've been going to. And who knows what happens when I wake up with like a wicked hangover. So 30% of the vote there in that survey. Way to go, Darren Bailey. Hey, friends, are you ready for government to dictate and control your lives again? You're one step closer. J.B. Pritzker, our tyrannical governor, just <laughs> issued more mandates today. Friends, that's not right. That's not what government is about. Government is to inform and educate. We decide. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, my God. <laughs> inform and educate. How are you informing or educating about COVID? Let me just ask you that, DB, huh? What information would anybody want to follow that you're offering on COVID? And what education are you offering? You were the guy who wouldn't wear the mask to the meeting at the height of COVID. Remember that, DB? Inform and educate, and then you decide. Are you going to get both sides of view on the issue of abortion, for instance, and let the voters decide? Are you, DB, going to say, you know what? There's plenty of uh, evidence out there that shows that women, if they don't have the right to choose, it can be detrimental to their health, their psychological health, and their physical health. And it could also be de detrimental to the health and well-being of the baby who's born into a real abusive situation. Are you going to offer that information to let people decide on abortion? I don't think so. So it's interesting. He's for informing and educating I think he only wants to inform and educate little doctrines that he already believes. D. That's my opinion. Oh, and when asked for his response on the recent poll numbers, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, well, his response was awkward. He took a big handful of money, threw it up in the air and laughed uncontrollably. He's really rich, guys. And there it was. This is a 2022 
Illinois gubernatorial candidate update. Hold on, D. I want to just shut this door before the flies get in. Hold on one second. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've gone from Hollywood superstars to flies. The fourth <laughs> wall flies in this section of California <laughs> saying, is there anyone out there who doesn't think there's flies in California? Hello. Springfield politicians, they promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes, but their measure lets them increase income taxes on every group of taxpayers, including retirees. Right, you let flies and a Phyllis into your Oh, my God. Phyllis, apartment. God, thank you for playing that, D. Hey, Northwest and Southwest Siders, I told you, as soon as Kenny G got you to vote against your interests. He was coming after your pensions. He got you to vote against your, your interests by telling you they were going to tax your pensions. Now, having won there, he's going to try to elect a governor who will cut your pensions. Just like the last governor he tried to elect, or he did elect, J.B. Pritzker. I mean, excuse me, Jesus, I've been in this room too many times. Bruce Rauner. Ugh. And he's going, to, <laughs> he's going to do it again and again and again. And you're going to fall for it again. And again, and again, because you're a Chicago voter. Don't tell Robert Peters I said this. You're a Chicago voter, and you're not that bright. Take it away, D. All right, no more statewide news. Let's talk Chicago politics. I won't just turn the car around. <laughs> I'm going to shut it off. I'm going to kick you out, and I'm going to make you walk home. Well, the car is indeed turned around for our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. It seems like whatever plans she had going on this week, they have been halted at the moment. In fact, rumor has it that the mayor left a speech from our United States president live from Chicago to deal with her beef with Cook County State's attorney, one Kim Fox. Ben, first let's talk about Biden's Chicago visit, and then we'll unpack everything uh, between Fox and Lightfoot. Does that sound okay? Sounds like a plan. All right, excellent. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. Yes, Joey B was in town this week. Was that audio from his speech in Chicago? Possibly. He was supposed to be in town last week, but who knows why he couldn't make it. But who cares? He's in town this week. The president was in Elk Grove Village yesterday to promote vaccination mandates in the workplace. Biden's remarks focused in particular on United Airlines and Clayco Corporation for mandating that employees get vaccinated. Clayco is the construction company building a Microsoft data center at the Elk Grove site where Biden spoke. Biden showed some love to Illinois Democrats, including a massive shout out to our Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker, for his handling of the pandemic. Biden said to Pritzker, quote, you've done more than about anybody I can think of. In any state, you've stepped up. You've always done what you said you're going to do, and you've been relentless in getting people vaccinated. In the Midwest, you're leading. You're leading. And it's real, not hyperbole. People say, why does Joe Biden keep coming back to Chicago? I think he's come back two, three times, D. Is it three times? Yeah. Three times to Chicago. And it's a state. It's a blue state. It's not up for grabs. And generally, uh, politicians, uh, national politicians, stay away from states that are like firmly in their uh, uh, in their bag, they don't have to go. Like they don't campaign there. But I think that he's starting to uh, learn a little thing or two from Donnie. And Donnie Trump goes to re uh, red states to give rallies, gets everybody fired up, a cheering crowd, pumps him up, pumps his people up. So maybe he's learning there as well. Why? I mean, he could have staged that speech anywhere, D. You know what I'm saying? He could have gone to California, given that speech. 
but uh, the other reason I had the back of my mind is that we're about to do a reapportionment of congressional districts in the state of Illinois, ladies and gentlemen. And if they have a brain, any sense in their head, their Democrats are going to put as many Republican congressmen into one district as they can or many and uh, to undercut the Republican vote. So we could end up with maybe two more Democrat districts out of this. And it could be some swing districts. So like control of Congress could be. Right here in Illinois, Illinois could dictate who runs Congress next time around. Illinois and New York, where their Democrats are also uh, redistricting uh, Republicans out of existence. On the other side, what the uh, Republicans are doing to Democrats in the state of Texas is uh, surreal. They're like, <laughs> they're the masters of the game, D. I mean, you got Democrats. By the way, uh, as a guest today, uh, this week we have uh, House Speaker Chris Welch uh, was on the show, and he's very diplomatic, Dave, way more diplomatic than I am. Uh, and I was like, here's what you do, uh, Speaker Welch. What you do is you stick all the Republicans in the one district. And he just kind of smiled at me and go, well, Ben, you know, we, <laughs> uh, I may have been born at night, but I wasn't born in last night. And he said, so we believe in fairness and diversity in the state of Illinois, blah, 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 et cetera, and so forth. But I hope they do stick all the con the Republican congressmen in the one district, in which point uh, there'll be some swing districts and Joe Biden's presence may help uh, undo the damage that's happening in Texas, where they're trying to take back the Congress by eliminating Democratic districts. So uh, that's why I think he keep, keeps coming back to Illinois. Well, our President Joe Biden then turned to our Chicago mayor with a nice message. I mean, not as nice as... The one JB got, but pretty nice. Joe Biden said, quote, Mayor Lightfoot, the same thing. You've done a hell of a job as well. Mayor Lightfoot's response? Nothing. She wasn't there. She left. Wow. Biden got out his message that mandating vaccinations and COVID testing at work is good for business. Ben, you've been in California. You missed your chance to see Biden. But I don't think I've asked you this yet. So if we can just sidetrack into national politics just for a minute, we'll jump back into local in a bit. Don't worry. But overall... How are we feeling about Joey B. Joe Biden as our president of these United States of America overall? I'm all over the map regarding Joey B. By the way, every time you play that thing about uh, speak words, it just brings back memories of the 2019 election. I'm all over the map. Uh, I uh, We talk about this a lot with David Ferris and Monroe Anderson and uh, the guests who come on to talk about national politics. I, I, it baffles me that the Democrats are so incapable, and it starts at the top with Joe Biden, they're so incapable of seeing that this not only the self-interest of their party, but the self-interest of the country, the interests of the country, uh, lie in them passing legislation, and they're incapable of passing legislation. And I put some of the blame of that on Joe Biden with his emphasis on bipartisanship, with his emphasis on not doing away with the filibuster, with this sort of hands-off approach he takes to Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. I know it's difficult. I know it's challenging. He's got to deal with these two uh, recalcitrant, quote-unquote, moderate Democrats. I put that in quotes because it seems like Kirsten Cinema has gone over to the Republican Party. Uh, but uh, so it's it's hard for me to just be really critical of them because it's such a difficult and challenging uh, situation that he confronts. Uh, and yet, I don't know, D, there's just something about the guy that just does, seems incapable of really strongly defining what he believes in in such a way that people will follow him. So I'm just all over them. I'm a little, I'm disappointed at the same time. I, I kind of feel sorry for the guy. 
You know what I mean? It just, he just doesn't seem capable of bringing these two knuckleheads within the party. He needs their votes. He needs them to contribute to the anti-filibuster movement. And it's just, it just seems incapable of doing it. Remember he went to Congress last week. We talked about this. He made the big pilgrimage to Congress. Like that was going to convince them. It didn't convince them. So it's frustrating. I suppose it's frustrating because it's really hard for me to blame him because the other side is far more to blame. But at the same time, this is why we elected you. You were supposed to be the guy that could bring the party together. Remember all that? Remember all the centrists that came on this show and told me, Ben, your guy Bernie couldn't bring the party together. I think Bernie could be got us where we are. I think Bernie could get 48 senators to sign on to what he wanted and not have to, just like Joe Biden. So I'm not seeing what he brought that Bernie wouldn't have brought. So. A little frustrated with Joey B right now. And Kamala Harris, I don't know what they're doing with her. You know, I mean, she's just such a non-presence. Just, I'm like, what did she bring to the game? Do, have you even heard her name lately, D? No, you know? really. So, I don't know. I Maybe she would have some influence on cinema on there. I don't know. But uh, a little frustrating uh, dealing with the realities of the Joe Biden administration, their inability to get those two senators to join the team. It seemed like Mitch McConnell doesn't have any problem keeping his senators in line. But the Democrats, I don't know, D. Uh, so very frustrating. That's how that's my sense of Joe Biden at this moment. All right. Uh, by the sounds of that, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, give you uh, it sounds like you're giving him a C. Yes. That would be right. Maybe um, a B minus. You know, I'm a very easy grader, D. I always ah, yeah, give him the B minus. Play, play the radio. <laughs> I kind of like the guy. I've always lo- kind of liked him. You know, I got a lot of heat from the uh, the lefties. Remember that? Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Oh, come on, Ben. <laughs> he's a shithead. Come on. What are you talking about? Then, like, a few months later, hey, got to vote blue no matter who now. Come on. Get behind the guy. He's cool. He's cool. Like, wait, you called him a shithead a few. All right. Back to the Chicago news. Ben, I don't know about you, but when I first heard that a war of words went down in the city of Chicago this week, I thought for sure that someone had finally challenged Alderman Andre Vasquez in a freestyle rap battle. Sadly, that was not the case. I wish it were. Maybe I'll challenge him. You know what I mean? The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Tommy. Hey, don't call me two joints anymore. Can't you see I'm covering the biggest story this week, Shuba? This was October 4th at 8.06 p.m. Mayor Lori Lightfoot and a group of city council members urged Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox Monday to reconsider prosecuting five suspects in a deadly gang-related shootout last week in Austin after they were released when prosecutors rejected charges against them. The state's attorney's office, however, declined to charge any of them, calling the evidence insufficient. A police report further noted that prosecutors told investigators charges were rejected because the shootout involved, quote, mutual combatants. During an unrelated news conference at Prosser Career Academy in Hanson Park Monday, Lightfoot said that she and a group of Westside aldermen sent a letter to Fox imploring her to reconsider filing charges in the case, saying, quote, it's complicated for sure, but we really urge the state's attorney herself to get personally involved, 
look at the evidence, and I believe that there are charges that can be brought at a minimum against the individuals who initiated the gunfire. We can't live in a world where there's no accountability. Lightfoot continued and warned that a lack of consequences could send a dangerous message as the city grapples with a continued surge in violent crime. Did Kim Fox hit back? Yes, she did. She said the detectives who worked with her office after the shootout, quote, acknowledged the chaotic nature of the scene and the challenges that it posed and agreed there wasn't enough evidence to file charges. Fox said, quote, the mayor, as a former prosecutor, knows of the ethical obligations of the prosecutor, which is only which is to only bring forth charges where the evidence and the law support it. And in a written statement, she took another dig at Lightfoot, saying the facts presented by the mayor simply are not in line with what was presented uh, to us by CPD and not borne out by the evidence we received. She said, I don't play politics. We do prosecutions. Lightfoot brushed off Fox's claims and announced that she'd effectively circumvented her by asking U.S. Attorney John Lausch to review the evidence in the gang-related gunfight Friday morning in Austin that left one shooter dead and two suspects wounded. Uh, Let's see here. Lightfoot said, whatever evidence that needs to be gathered, the police department is going to be Johnny on the spot and make sure we get it. Kim Fox said she was mortified by Lightfoot's words and insists that she, uh, she has her facts wrong. Uh, she goes on to say that isn't her pointing fingers. She isn't playing the victim. This is us in the state's attorney's office wanting to work with our law enforcement partners because we know we have that many unsolved shootings. There is a sense that people can get away with murder with impunity. And that makes our communities less safe. Ben Jarofsky, give us your thoughts on this, please. We talked about this a lot uh, this week on the show. And uh I think there is, if I could tie these two themes together, I think there's a correlation. Lori Lightfoot is very dependent on corporate Chicago for their support. Uh, And so I think that uh, she was scapegoating uh, Kim Fox. I think that was a political move to sort of assure the uh, Ken Griffins of the world that she's quote unquote tough on crime, that she's not, she's willing to distance herself from what they view as the leftist, the radical left, which is so bizarre to think of a prosecutor as a radical leftist. Uh, and so I think she was unfair to Kim Fox. And I think uh, that she didn't help things at all. You know, we, we're, we're in a city right now where there's a lot of violence. There's always been a lot of violence in the city of Chicago. One more time, I'll say corporate Chicago never seemed to blame Mayor Rahm for the violence in the city of Chicago. Never seemed to blame Richard M. Daley for the violence in Chicago. You take a look at the shootings of the 90s when Richard Daley was in charge. Lots of shootings, lots of murders in the city of Chicago. I do not recall ever corporate chieftains holding Daly responsible. They were afraid of Daly. They supported all his dumb initiatives, including selling the park meters. Or if they didn't, if they, if they didn't vocally support it, they hit under their table rather than criticize it. And yet now they want to criticize uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. So to cut them off and win them over, she kicks Kim Fox. That to me, D, is what's going on. And I believe Kim Fox. She says, I would prosecute. You think I don't want to prosecute? I don't have evidence that will stick. It's very scary and frightening that people are shooting each other in broad daylight. But if there's no evidence against this particular defendant, what are you going to do? So they just want to round up people and arrest them, whether or not they have evidence? So, D, I think this was a political hit on the part of Lori Lightfoot to uh, try to assure the Ken Griffins of the world that she was going to be tough on crime. And by that, she meant tough on lefties, tough on Kim Fox. 
And I think probably she's going to distance herself from it as much as she can. Uh, I don't know how she's going to get out of this one. I do. Well, I saw they had their meeting. Did you see that? They had their little meeting, Kim mm-hmm. Fox and Lori Lightfoot. Uh, and it's just so typical. It's like the games we play in the city of Chicago where we've met and we now like each other. And so Lori, I'm sure if a reporter asked her a question, remember this, the last time she'd played this stunt when she threw Kim Fox under the bus and a reporter asked her, I forget which reporter asked her, well, what about your fight with Kim Fox? She go, why are you putting words in my mouth? I'm not having a fight with Kim Fox. Remember that one day? Yeah. The political games, the politicians play because they're absolutely helpless to deal with these underlying problems that in our city of poverty and crime, have they been unable to deal with it for as long as I can remember, but they want political scapegoats and just the notion that Ken Griffin's going to pull his company out of town. I just shake my head at that. Like how many people does he employ in the city of Chicago? You know, how many neighborhoods does he help impact with his company? I was thinking about Ford, their production plan in the far Southeast side. That's like a legitimate company in the city of Chicago. So I, I, I think this is political games on the part of Lori Lightfoot. I wish she would discontinue it. Uh, and uh, I think she should just stop, pull back. Now, every time there's a, a high-profile shooting, she just re- it's not going to even work. I don't think anybody in the northwest or southwest side likes Lori Lightfoot because she occasionally takes a swing at Kim Fox. I know they don't like Kim Fox. I forgot the name of the guy who ran against Kim Fox. I see, I forgot Bill, his name already. Bill, uh, Bill something. No, Bill, Daddy's. That's Daddy's boy in the Democratic primary. Bill, whatever his last name was, his dad was really rich. Remember Bill, that dude? Bill the Bro. We called him. Bill the Bro. <laughs> I can't remember his last name. There was another guy, Pat something or other, ran against her in. The, oh uh, yeah, the yeah. Pop, okay, I know you're talking about. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Goddamn, memory's a funny thing, D. I'm losing my memory. Uh, well, I probably wouldn't have remembered it anyway in the old days. Anyway, the point is, uh, that guy did really well in the northwest and the southwest sides uh, against uh, Kim Fox. But somehow or other, I don't think his voters are supporting Lori Lightfoot, no matter how much she bashes Kim Fox. So I think this is a dangerous game that uh, Lori Lightfoot is playing, and I wish she would stop doing it. Bill Conway. Very good, Bill. Con- how did you know that? It was Frank. Oh, uh- <laughs> God bless you, Frank. Uh, by the way, Frank, I hope my explanation of TIFFs helped yesterday. Uh, if Frank asked me to do an explanation of TIFFs and how uh, it's going to raise prices, property taxes in early times. But we'll get into that. I got a funny feeling the bears are on this agenda today. So anyway, Lori Lightfoot, stop it. Cease and desist, okay? So anything else you'd like to say there before we move on in this, uh, basically the story of the week, right? Yeah, it is the story of the week, and it's uh, – let me put it to you this way, D. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it, there's part of me that's sympathetic to Lori Lightfoot because, as I said already, I don't see this kind of criticism level against Rom. Somehow or other, Rom and Daly were not responsible for murders in Chicago. I don't, I don't recall them getting chastised for not having a plan. They didn't have a plan. They didn't want to make the kind of investment in anti-poverty programs that's absolutely necessary, that we all know is necessary. Massive job programs, massive education. They didn't want to do that. 
They consider that a waste of money. Mayor Rahm told Karen Lewis that 25% of the children of the public schools in Chicago want to amount to anything anyway. So why should we invest more money in them? He said it. Bruce Schroeder said a similar thing uh, at, a, at, a, at a different function. So they let people know that they consider it a waste of money to expend the kind of, uh, to make the kind of concerted effort and spend the money, make that investment. Uh, in fighting poverty, getting people jobs, expanding mental health services. So they didn't get criticized. So now Lori Lightfoot's getting criticized. I just, so I kind of feel a little sympathy for her there on that front, a little empathy, I guess. But when I see her respond by attacking Kim Fox, I'm like, no, come on. That's just pandering to the Kenny G's of the world and, that's not right. So that's my opinion about that, D. There you go. Yeah, I hope they can uh, finally resolve it and get along, let uh, water under the bridge or whatever. But if not, hey, Lori, just bring up Smollett Gate. That works sometimes, you know. People can't stand that if you want to keep the fight going. Right, Ben? Yeah, Mayor, remember Mayor Rahm? He, I think he <laughs> oh, my God. Suit. He got yeah, surly. He, he took that one. He goes, oh, my God, what an opportunity this is. There's always. I anything on crime, I anything on poverty, but I could go beat up Jesse Smollett. I mean, I see you're taking the high road there, Mayor, but there's always Smollett Gate. Remember, it, when, when all else fails, go <laughs> and the and the trial is going to open pretty soon. I'll give you an opportunity to denounce Jesse, Jesse Smollett. All right, that's enough. How about Jesse Smollett, huh? Like, oh, she did it. Okay. Let's move on here, finally, uh, to the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky that you can check out at Chicago Reader. Uh, The latest column, October 6th, sorry, Arlington Heights. It looks like you will be stuck with the bill for building the Bears a stadium. Yeah, Ben's one of his favorite things to riff on in the last few weeks. Ben, tell us more about your latest piece. Well, you know, it is my kind of my favorite thing, D, because it combines the worlds I love, politics, uh, sports, and I guess you, sh- you can add uh, TIFFs, so the three things that uh, I spent so much of my time thinking about. Uh, but this, w- this was initiated. I think I talked about it on a show. And uh, Crane Chicago Business, uh, they, they send out hourly. I get hourly updates, D. I don't know if you get them, uh, emails. Although I notice you just ignore your emails, so maybe you get them you don't even know. Yeah, bro, uh, come on. You, you, are you one of those guys like 40,000 unread emails? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Uh, quite a few people like that in my life, I got to tell you. You're not alone. You're not the only person by far. <laughs> anyway, I get these hourly updates, uh, clickbait from uh, Crane Chicago Business with like what they hope is a provocative headline that will get me to click uh, and uh, read what they uh, have to write. Uh, but there's a paywall, so I can't read it anyway. And I suppose I should subscribe, but I'm already subscribing. How many of these things? So I'm like, enough's enough already. Anyway, uh, so this particular piece of clickbait was headlined something new Chicago. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this from memory. A new Chicago Bears stadium. Who's going to pay? And I still read that day. I started laughing. Are you going, you kidding me, Cranes? You don't know who's going to pay? I'll tell you who's going to pay. The property taxpayer is going to pay. The Chicago Bears aren't going to pay for their own stadium. That's for sure. That's why they ignited this bidding war in the first place. You know that, Cranes. You covered the same ideological disputes I cover. You cover the same old trickle-down economy for the poor and handout for the rich I cover, except you cover it from a different standpoint, ideologically speaking. You kind of favor it. I don't. But you know as well as I do who's going to pay? The taxpayers. So that got me thinking, D, which group of taxpayers is going to pay for the stadium? And I came to the conclusion, having 
thought about all the evidence and what uh, which politicians are saying what that my bet right now is that Arlington Heights pays for the stadium. Uh, my bet is that they want it more than the Bears. Uh, and uh, Lori Lightfoot doesn't know which way to go on this thing. You know, she's so afraid that if she just says, let the Bears go, then the last group of characters are going to criticize her. Ken Griffin, Chicago Tribune editorial board, Cranes. Actually, the Tribune editorial board has been kind of good on this. I couldn't believe it. They came out with an editorial saying, nope, money for the Bears. But corporate Chicago in general and the downtown community, those voters, you know, Brian Hopkins, Brian Hopkins group of voters and, um, you know, criticize Brendan Riley, you know, Alderman of the 42nd Ward voters. Like, how dare you let the Bears leave Chicago? What a slap to our city. Our prestige is on the line. We don't look good. How dare you? This wouldn't happen if Rahm were mayor. And so she's going to feel like compelled to kick money in. But I, I, I still think the Arlington Heights mayor and the people in Arlington Heights are all excited because they think this is going to put them on the map. We're going to have the Bears in our town. We're going to have a terrible team in our town. Why you guys want a terrible team? They're terrible. Maybe I just occurred to me, maybe they're not football fans. They don't watch the Chicago Bears. They don't see how inept that offense is. Listen I don't know. Maybe they don't. they don't know. Listen to this. There's no way that the Chicago Bears are leaving Chicago. There is no way. No way. Wow. Even if Arlington Heights pledges to build them a new stadium? Without a doubt. Like, to have the Bears leave Chicago is like, a million ketchup hot dogs like that is so many people will be pissed off <laughs> mayor lightfoot is not gonna let that happen yeah under her watch there's no way there's no way oh you think so you think Lori's gonna match him oh yeah absolutely okay. well there there's that either way and they know they know she's gonna match them they're they're putting her through the ringer either way whether you're right and Lori matches them or i'm right and arlington height prevails either way d Either way, some collection of suckers is going to pay for it because the Bears aren't going to pay for it. They're going to benefit from it, but they're not going to pay for it. And so my bet is that it's going to be Arlington Heights. Your bet is that it's going to be Chicago. Either way, if it's Chicago and you're right, you're going to pay for it. (laughs) And if it's Arlington Heights, it's some Arlingtonian property taxpayer is going to pay for it. And they're my assumption is that it's going to be financed by a TIF deal, which means a portion of property taxes that would otherwise go to the public schools of Chicago or the public schools of Arlington Heights, depending on which city loses by winning, uh, will pay for the Bears, will go to the Bears to pay for their stadium. That's how TIFs work. And uh, to compensate for the money that we go into the Bears, you, the taxpayers, will pay more in property taxes to finance your schools, and finance your parks, and finance your police, and finance your firefighters. That's how it works, folks. That's how TIFs work. They take land that would otherwise be taxed by the schools and the city, and they allow the Bears to tax it effectively and keep the money. And that means the uh, the land that exists outside of that TIF pays more in taxes. I don't know how many times I got to explain this to you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no sense of telling football fans. They're just like, me, what football? They, they just want their team in their city, man. You know what I, I mean? I know. And then, so I wrote in this story. You're going to get a kick out of this. I wrote in my, this story uh, that Soldier Field is perfectly adequate enough. And some Bear fan on, the, I forget which one, of Twi- I, I think it was Facebook, because I don't even look at Twitter, so it has to be Facebook, goes, you lost me at Soldier Field is adequate. These brainwashed Bear fans. Well, I don't know what, like, 
they feel as though it's a personal insult to them that Soldier Field's not a dome stadium. We're falling behind Los Angeles and dome stadiums. Who cares? Kenny G, Kenny Griffin just gave this speech that the leader of your corporate world, Bears fans, gave a speech where he said, most important thing is that we uh, have order in the city of Chicago, that people are being shot in the city of Chicago. That's what we need. Do you think a dome stadium for the Bears is going to in any way reduce crime in the city of Chicago? Or is it going to take money from, let's just say one thing, policing the city of Chicago? I know, D, I'm not supposed to criticize the voters, even Bears fans. I'm a Bears fan. What matters to me? Remember, the, oh my God, we redid. So, D, this is before your time. You were still a young scholar in the public schools of Alton, Illinois, when this went down. We rebuilt Soldier Field. Because the bathrooms were bad. I'm not making this up. You go back and look this. Bear fans were going, have you used the bathrooms at Soldier Fields? Like the bathrooms are terrible. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you were the monsters of the midway. I thought you were the toughest guys in the whole world. Bears fans. Oh, oh. And you're crying over a bathroom? And then when it was all over, I actually got a tour, D. Like the the PR guy for the Bears said, ah, I'll let the hippie guy from the reader get a tour. So he gave me a tour of look at these bathrooms. And I'm like, oh my God, can I flush the toilet? Wow, thank goodness we spent $400 million on my property taxes or whatever it was, hotel motel tax dollars, fixing these toilets. Bears fans, they need good toilets, D. All right? There may be the monsters of the midway, but they like a good toilet. I mean, so, we do love a good porta potty, so I can kind of relate, right? You know, just borrow the porta potty that's outside my beloved attic and <laughs> Bears fans, be to your heart's content. Yeah, here's so your- I know that Bears fans, by the way, Bear fans, you guys, you're going to be hit up for this too. <laughs> guys, I hate to tell you, the Bears are not going to pay for this. So part of the money will be raised by taxing ticket holders. They'll slap a. F- what do they call it, a licensing fee? They got some kind of gimmicky name for it. They just basically raise the cost of your season ticket to pay for the uh, to pay for the stadium, and then the, the, the most of the money will come from a tiff. By the way, Chris Welch was on the show uh, today. The um, speaker of the house. I asked him about the Bears, uh, whether he would support any kind of initiative, any kind of handout for them. And he said, "Well, uh, it's too early to even talk about that because no proposal has been brought for it." I don't think I don't think uh, Pritzker would sign on to it. I don't think he would. I hope maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> Remember in the old days when I had that radio show before I got fired? Yeah, uh, I, I would. Uh, whenever a politician would come in, I would ask him about the Amazon deal. And they would look at me like, you're the only guy who ever asks me about this thing. You realize that, don't you? Ah, it's lonely being a lefty in the city of Chicago. <laughs> It's just funny because I know how you Bears fans are. If they were doing good, it would be a completely different story with you right oh. now. It's Let me go. My dear friend David Roder, he wrote a column about this in the Sun-Times. And David, come on, I already chastised you by uh, personal uh, text. He goes, at least beat Green Bay before you ask for a handout. I'm going, no, it's going to take more than beating Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I need at least a Super Bowl victory. And then before we could discuss. And even then, I'd say no. But, God, Bears fans, that's for so little. Just beat Green Bay once. 
and we'll give you whatever you want. Bear fans are so excited because they beat Detroit. Yeah, I don't even follow football. Bears defeated Detroit last week. Oh, yeah. Barry Sanders. Yeah. They, okay. <laughs> Detroit. Yeah. Barry Sanders, who yeah, hasn't played yeah, yeah. in, oh, I don't know, 15 yeah. years. He's awesome. Uh, perhaps the only. Uh, oh, no. I'm sorry. Dominic and Sue. That's right. They'll go Lions. Yeah. There we go. Another guy hasn't played for the Lions in years. Anyway, um, uh, the Detroit Lions may be the only team in football more inept, uh, front office, I should say, than the Chicago Bears. Bears defeated them. They were very proud of that. Almost lost. Figured out a way to lose that game, but they prevailed and won. So uh, here's to you, Bears. But that probably helped the Bears. You're right, D. Well, it beat the Lions. Maybe they do need a new stadium. Come up, then. Don't be so critical all the time. Yeah, but uh, there's no way. Like I said, I'm going to stay on that one. The, the Bears are staying in Chicago. They're holding everyone over the rails. They know it, and they're going to get all the money well, from the city. Well, you know, uh, i put it to you this way. You're in safe uh, terrain when you say they're going to get all the money because what you're really saying is that Chicago politicians are, are easily manipulating control. It's, and, you know, you squeeze them a little bit and they come through with money for rich guys. And I put that in the column. They got this thing. They just really love it to give money to rich people. You know, have you noticed that, D? Chicago politicians, you're rich. Do you want some money? Take some money. Did we just come full it. circle on the Ken Griffin story? Yeah. <laughs> Kenny G, what do you want more money? Kenny G is so happy because he built the bike lanes for Chicago. You know, he didn't spend as much money uh, with the bike lanes for Chicago. I'm just saying, D, as he did on, let's say, the anti-fair tax initiative with fellas. <laughs> just saying, D. But Chicago, thank you, Kenny G. Thank you. We're a humble people. Chicago, give us a stadium for our bears. So you're probably right, D. Uh, you're probably right. Now that I think about it, uh, how much Chicago, uh, Chicago politicians, Chicago aldermen and mayors love getting rich people money. I think it's economic development. That they all get to congregate at the ribbon clipping ceremony and like, we've rolled up our sleeves and done a great job for Chicago. This is investment in Chicago. No, it's investment in a rich guy <laughs> who may or may not live in Chicago among these many homes, may have many homes. So, D, you're probably right. They will offer it. But I still say Arlington, Arlington Heights has the upper hand at the moment. And you know what? If you're right, I will buy you lunch at the restaurant of your choice. All right. Awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. And uh, if I'm right, you got to buy me lunch at the restaurant of my choice. Well, we'll talk about that. Okay, so that's the latest column from Ben. Go check it out, chicagoreader.com, and find the archive of Ben Jarofsky uh, columns. If you missed one or, uh, you know, if you just found out who this guy is, go find out his, uh, what he thought about certain things in, I don't know, 2007, 2005. It's a good time. Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Go check it out. Uh, ben, we're done. All right, very good. I want to thank uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of all in Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. He did an outstanding job, as he always does, dealing with the difficulties of technology and one Ben Jarofsky, which had further been exacerbated by my stay in L.A. So I say this, uh, as Ken Griffin would say, as Lori Leifer would say, and Kim Fox would say, we'd all agree. Back home in Alton, they call him Dr. Doobie. Give yourself a raise, take it up, petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm sick of it! I'm sick of it!
together every year. We get power.